0: Before we begin, I'll mention briefly that today's episode contains references to sexual abuse. On a happier note, on a one time basis, we have a video of today's episode on Jen's YouTube channel, and you can find the link to that from the show website at allthegenders.com. Hi, this is All The Genders a podcast where we talk about gender identity and queerness with marvelous people sharing their lived experience. If you're a trans or non-binary person or close to someone who is, if you're exploring your gender or you're an ally, or even if you're interested in male waterfowl and thought this show was called All the Ganders, this podcast is for you because gender identity is everybody's business. And I'm glad you're here. You can find other episodes on your favorite podcast source or online at allthegenders.com. I'm Quinn, she, her, or they, them. I'm non-binary and bi-gender. Today I'm female, other days I'm male, and I podcast in whatever gender comes up the time. Today's guest is the lovely and kind Jen Gonzalez. Hi, Jen. Hi, Quinn. First, I'd like to ask you, What are some words or phrases that describe what's important to you about who you are? Uh, Health, uh, teaching, music,
1: caring, support, and advocacy.
0: That's a great set. All right, so we've known each other for quite some time since before either of us were out. And there have been a lot of changes in your life since then. So can you tell us a little bit about all of your experiences over that time and sort of what's changed for you?
1: So I was uh, in a, a serious long-term relationship um, with a, a very good, very wonderful person. We're still really good friends. And uh This was after you and I met and um, in the uh, New York area where I live or where I lived at that time. And we were together, I think, for something like 2017 to, to the end of 2020 was when I came out. And just before we met. I first experienced uh, what I later understood to be uh, gender euphoria just before mm-hmm. she and I met. And um, yeah, I went to a Halloween party and uh, this was in 2016, Halloween, 2016, uh, it's for my family's Halloween party. And I knew, somehow knew, deep, deep down that I wanted to dress as a woman and that I had wanted to for a very long time. I didn't know why at that time, but I decided to do it for that for the Halloween party under the with the excuse of the Halloween party. And I went out and I bought some clothes and tried them on. And I knew as, as I was trying them on and as I was doing all of the things, you know, shaving and, and the eyebrows and, and nail polish, that something was happening, something really important was happening. And, uh, as I, I, you know, when I got fully dressed and looked in the mirror and I was wearing a wig, I knew that I had been suppressing this for a very long time. And I felt the liberation of of being myself, of being my true self. Okay. And, and I went dressed as that for Halloween. And I did it addressed again like that for a couple of different events around Halloween. And then I realized I didn't want to stop. (laughs) And uh, as I said to myself, this isn't just a Halloween thing. This is, this is for real. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to find ways to do this. Um, to be myself because I felt like I was able to really be myself. Hmm. And then I met this person um, and we instantly hit it off. I was in the male uh, role at that time as, you know, dressed as a male. And we hit it off so well that I wanted to pursue it. And I and I felt that I could not pursue both. I couldn't pursue being at that time. I was using the name Veronica. And uh, and that was using the name Veronica was a homage to a a, a a a young woman that I knew a long time ago in my early early twenties that I was really infatuated with. Uh, she was goth back in the day in the in the. The late '90s, she was she was goth, Nine Inch Nails, and all that, and I was like, I was totally into her. I was probably in love with her, and I always wanted her to accept me. And so when I started dressing as a woman, I I took on her name. I don't know, I don't know exactly why. Did you a little want to be her? Um, I don't know that I wanted to be her. I wanted to be accepted by her. I wanted to be respected by her but I don't think I wanted to be her. I wanted her to uh, yeah, respect me. <laughs> At the time I think she she liked me. She thought I was cute, you know, yeah. but she didn't really respect me, you know, cuz I was oh. but and I, and I, anyway, so I was using her name mm-hmm. and uh, and when when I met my partner, my female partner that it was February at that point. So it had been October I went around the new year and then uh, she and I met and I, and I said, I can't, I can't be Veronica. If I'm, if I'm going to pursue this, like the, the two are not, uh, they can't do both. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned it to her um, as a, as a passing thing. I, and I told her that it, it was something in the past because at that time I decided I couldn't pursue it, and I needed to let right. it go. You know, and uh, it was very heart-wrenching putting a, putting my women's clothing in a bag, and I kept a few things, um, but mostly I uh, very very sadly um, gave away. Um, a lot of things
0: mm-hmm. um, it must have been very hard to have that conversation as well,
1: yeah. I wanted to be like fully honest with her, right Tell her um, that 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 I had that I had done that and that that had happened. Um, and for a couple or few years there, I went straight all in man. I wanted this relationship to work like we had something really good her and I and I couldn't be Jen I could Veronica then I couldn't be Veronica it just wasn't possible and uh, and I convinced myself it was a phase that that it was just a passing thing Uh, yeah but it never went away right it was always it was always there in the back of my mind. And I felt with her, I won't say her name, but I felt in this kind of like in my peripheral vision, this understanding that I could never fully be myself with her. Mm. That as much as I loved her, and I loved what we had, I was not going to be able to be I was not I was going to be able to live my full life with her, with me right. as John, which was my, my name, John. And so um, it came to a head when I moved to the town I live in now on one of the Great Lakes here. And, um, and so we were doing the distance thing, long distance relationship. And, uh, I don't know, I had time by myself and I had time to think about Veronica. And, uh, yeah, the winter of 2020 to 2021, I, uh, decided that I I needed to tell her, my partner, that I needed to be that other person. I needed to be Veronica. And that I, I couldn't fully be myself or couldn't fully live fully unless I was.
0: And it was very difficult, very sad. Very sad. And you knew you were breaking up when you were doing that?
1: Yes, Um, we tried to keep going for uh, some time. Um, We did, we tried, but eventually, I actually can't remember which one of us finally ended it. I think she ended it, she said she needed to take time and then uh, that was the. I think that was the end. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That just sounds so hard. It's it's okay. I mean, it was very sad. Like I was really attached to her um, children. She had three. She has three children that I I really adore. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's really sad. But we are both. Exponentially better off now, <laughs> right? Because you get to be you. Yes, I am. I am me, uh, Veronica. But I took on the name, settled on a, a, a name, Jennifer, mm-hmm. um, because that was I felt the female equivalent to my original name, which was uh, Jonathan. So I, f- I felt Jennifer was a very good transition from Jonathan, and uh, yeah, my initials would stay the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then both names have a long three-syllable version and a short one-syllable version. So it
0: was very mm-hmm. uh, like a lateral move. Did it feel like it was already your name, or did it take some getting used to?
1: Uh, it definitely felt very natural uh, once, mm-hmm. I, once I settled on it. Uh, and there was a little bit of time where I was like, uh, is, is Jennifer too plain? It sounded like very, very like typical female name. And then I thought, well, you know, in my generation, which is kind of our generation, Jennifer Planger. was very common.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: So... I thought it was a good fit, you know, yes. for, for for our generation and also for the 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 similarities between Jonathan and Jennifer. So
0: for whatever it's worth, it seems to me that it suits you. Cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: And now my, my ex partner is is also with somebody else now. And I'm very happy for her. Um she seems to be uh, very happy. I haven't met the person yet, but I think he. I think he's a. I think he is a, a good person. I don't. I haven't met him yet, but I'm, I'm sure he's yeah. wonderful. If she likes him, he must be good.
0: <laughs> In your own life, what have your thoughts been about dating or romance or?
1: Yeah, I'm trying.
0: <laughs> yeah, not the easiest thing to sort out.
1: I, uh, I really didn't think it would be this difficult. Honestly, uh, I have I have been trying. Uh, yeah, but I am I am definitely bisexual. Um, but right now, I am uh, very much uh, interested in a male partner.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh this is, this is pretty personal, but I feel like if you're, gonna, if you're gonna do this, might as well do it all the way. <laughs> um, so I was um, at a very young age, I was, uh, I was sexually molested by an older male cousin um, starting at the age of, I think about five or six years old. Oh, God. And then going, yeah, very young and going uh, until I was, I think, 14. Oh, wow. Um, So luckily, we didn't really live near this person, um, but we visited enough that the abuse happened pretty regularly um, and many times. Um, So my interactions with men, with males, in that way, I've been pretty much uh, spoiled by that experience. Mm. And, and I thought, and I thought for a long time that I would never be able to be with a man right? because of that. And, uh, and I think that that experience really delayed my coming out and my even accepting the fact that I was attracted to men um, because I associated those feelings with those experiences.
0: Right. So, Jen, yeah, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. It's all better now. <laughs> it does seem better now, like from what mm-hmm. I know of you. So you've been into fitness a lot over the past few years from what I know. Can you talk about what that means to you if it has to do with your gender or it's just um, another part of your life that's not specifically to do with gender?
1: I've always uh, exercised on and off in terms of the intensity of it. And for a long time, I was like, chasing some type of manliness, you know <laughs> mm-hmm. like trying to be like muscular and and uh, manly and uh trying to fit in and uh, yeah but now I I exercise like feverishly <laughs> mm-hmm. like I can't stop um and i and i'm i'm doing it to get in shape because i want to I'm, i really want to feel good and look good in a feminine way now <laughs> right uh, whereas before it was like masculine muscle bulking and now it's like flat belly thin sides nice butt <laughs>
0: Always important,
1: so it's different, but yeah i've 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 always worked out, but like uh, yeah, since I came out, the intensity is just uh, off the charts I and I've and I've uh I'm working out now like two hours in the morning and an hour in the evening. Wow, <laughs> I know
0: <laughs> that's pretty amazing. <clears throat> what are you doing differently? In your exercises now working on a different kind of body than we were working on before
1: yeah and uh, so yeah that's exactly it is um um before it was i never did lower body exercises i would do like a a little warm up treadmill or something and then i would just be like weights 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 heavy heavy weights
0: <laughs> right
1: and now it's like i can I can do if my knees aren't bothering me. I can do cardio for an hour and a half uh, Mm. straight, Um, like treadmill, bicycle, stair stepper, elliptical. You know, just like twenty to thirty minutes on each one, and just like not stop. Like I'm just going, and uh, and now I'm starting to. I start to incorporate some lifting in that, like some lower body lifting, low it's all been lower body, um, mm. leg presses, squats, uh, glutes, um, all the leg stuff. And I hated doing legs before, and now it's just nothing but legs. Uh, but now I'm also starting Thanks. to do some up body stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, starting to, uh, get my, like tone up my arms and my shoulder and my back, my shoulders, and my back, I'm just trying to get tone, like, so I'm on hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. and I'm totally uh, totally well, open to talking about it. And I think that there's a lot of trans women out there that kind of take the medications and want the medications to do all the work in terms of shaping their body into right. a, womanly, a womanly figure. And I, I don't count on that happening and I'm not gonna wait for it to happen. <laughs> And so I've been like hard charging, okay, this is what I got to do to shape my body into a feminine uh, shape. And I don't have hips at all, so I need to have thick thighs and a nice butt to give my body some shape, you know, give and myself hold
0: some up, And to hold up some of these clothes that they have for us. <laughs> I- yeah. I've noticed that clothes are sometimes expecting me to be shaped a little differently than I am
1: yeah i I definitely I've gotten lucky in in a few clothing things that that I do have um I, I shop uh, a thrift shop, and uh, I've gotten pretty lucky, <laughs> but yeah, I wear kind of I always have some type of a over thing, except for, you know, now it's so warm, but some type of a, a light blouse that kind of uh, disguises the fact that I don't have hips, you know, but then my I have I a have good bottom end now. I feel good about my lower end having kind of a feminine look to it, but it was all hard work, just like nothing but gym, nice. you
0: know. Well, how long have you been on HRT now?
1: Yeah. Uh, Just over a year and Mm -hmm. three months, almost a year and three months. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, um, started off with spironolactone and estradiol Mm -hmm. and uh, slowly did the gradual increase in the medications. And uh, now I'm at the maximum dosage that my it works for my body in terms of my testosterone and and estrogen levels, but i I now have a, a second doctor who prescribed me progesterone, so I've got progesterone now as well. I just started taking that a couple of weeks
0: ago, which is pretty good. I was just wondering how all of it is making you feel and whether you're seeing an impact.
1: uh yeah, definitely. So, well, I'll start from the top down. <laughs> I was uh, experiencing some a lot of hair thinning, hair, my hair thinning, mm-hmm. and uh, and hair loss, which was really really upsetting to me. Right. Um. So I uh I actually I had a scalp treatment um by a cosmetic surgeon in uh, New York City. Uh, his name is um, his name is dr Prasad um, and i I think he's amazing uh, He used an approach that is intended for stabilizing hair transplants um, utilizing uh, platelets like your own blood platelets mm-hmm. uh, to to inject into your scalp and it stimulates growth hormones and the i believe the original intent of doing that is is to help stabilize hair transplants Mm -hmm. and he was he was doing that and he found that in several of his patients hair that are near to the site of the transplant was starting to regrow and thicken like not just the hair transplant itself but hair around it and yeah so he he worked on it came up with a a technique in which they they take a blood sample uh, centrifuge it to get the the platelets out and then they they put that they inject it along with this other compound and I can't think of the name of it I should have researched it before this this other compound. And mm-hmm. they, that stimulates growth hormone in your scalp and that causes your hair to, the thin hairs to start to thicken. And so I did that treatment. Um, and, uh, and then he also prescribes uh, finasteride uh, as well. So I started that. So I did the scalp treatment, started with finasteride. I went through the uh, the shedding phase. There's like a a couple months or so where like you lose hair. The like the hair fall oh. Yeah, it's kind of scary.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and for any of our listeners who don't know, finasteride is a drug that's prescribed in like a larger dose for certain prostate issues, but in quite a small dose for some people, it helps. Um, Helps grow hair on the top of the head. Now, I feel like, I feel like 80% of trans feminine presentation for me anyway, it has to do, has something to do with hair. Mm. Like the rest of it feels like a walk in the park compared to the hair.
1: God, yes. Seriously. It's the hair is so important. And I I feel so bad for uh, trans women who. You know, our people are like are our age who have already lost so much hair, you know, right. and it's like, I thought I was going to be wearing a wig. I did. Mm-hmm. I had lost a lot, a lot of hair. It was thinned and I lost a lot. I have a couple of pictures and there's just, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to grow it out because it's just too too thin, it's too thin already. I thought I was resigned to the fact that I'll I'll have to wear a wig um but oh, so I'm so glad that I have
0: my natural hair is, is, is such a blessing um I have to say that occasionally I'm a little jealous of trans women who get like really good wigs and wear them because sometimes they just look fantastic and thanks. it's just there and you can just use it so I've certainly seen trans women who look just amazing or even, You know, just seeing someone try on a wig and being like, oh, whoa, there she is, right there. Um, So it seems like at least there are some fantastic wigs out there and so forth. But yeah, having your own hair is kind of a nice thing. And I think almost any woman would probably feel similarly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think that hair, androgenic hair loss, people might laugh at this, but I think it's a serious mental health issue that is, that is just shrugged off. Like men Mm. are supposed to just take it like a man. And if you express any concern about it or any bad feelings, it's like you're vain or you're, you know you know what I mean? Or something like, but like, it's a real, it's a serious issue that men have to deal with. And it's not like it's their fault, you know, it's genetic. And, it, and ironically, it's due to testosterone. I mean, testosterone right. and combination of genetics and testosterone is what causes your hair to fall out. And the psychological effects of that, like, it are just, uh, I don't think they're fully appreciated. I don't think they're taken seriously. Yes. And I think that there should be, I think that hair treatments should be should be covered by insurance it shouldn't be considered cosmetic it should be considered a mental health issue that's my perspective
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like there's this whole category of things electrolysis and laser um uh facial feminization surgery other kinds of things that are often kind of lumped into just cosmetic as though we live in a society where it doesn't matter what you look like and Mm-hmm. I can I can begin to understand the argument if it's not a gender issue or, you know, if it's sort of considered natural aging or whatever. Um, I could sort of see how you could have an argument that that exists there. But if, you know, like if you're a woman with alopecia, if you're a trans person... Just these these things are crucial just for getting through the day without going batty, I feel like. Except fortunately, I think there's some folks out there who just can be cool with it. I I admire people who can just be cool with it. I think cis men who lose their hair and just look fantastic, bald, hopefully at least some of them are like realizing, oh, I actually look fantastic. No problem. I hope, but I don't know. So I'm sort of going on about that.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think there are men that look great bald. And like, I know several men who are like, I'm like, I don't care. You look fantastic. (laughs) You don't need hair, you know. But for a lot of people, it is it is a mental health issue, like depression anxiety that comes with yeah. that kind of with that with losing your hair. Like, and it's, it's like, it's kind of a joke. It's like male pattern baldness is like, mm. it's almost seen as a, as a, as a joke. Um But right. like when, you know, when, when, when women lose their hair, it's, it's a
0: tragedy. Yeah. It's absolute tragedy, you know? And um, like, have you experienced other sort of changes like within yourself other than sort of uh, presentation changes during your transition?
1: Um, Definitely. And I'm still trying to figure out how much of that to attribute to the hormone therapy and how much Mm -hmm. of that to attribute to just coming out and 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 liberating myself and right. being, and being free you know i don't know um i don't know what it, which is which you know like i i have i do there's one before i started transitioning i was probably like you was watching you know youtube videos of of trans uh, people and the experiences they had and things and that, and that definitely sunk in and gave me expectations you know and i can definitely say that um my experience has lived up to those in the in most respects and to to the the experiences that i've heard about in terms of for example increased breadth of emotional capacity and uh and Mm. increased uh sense of empathy and so i have i definitely experienced that like i experience an emotional roller coaster now that like before i was numb i was walking around numb compared to the things that i feel and experience now um like i can Something can happen at work and it will make me think of something, even just a childhood memory. And I'll feel like I need to go in my office and cry. And sometimes I do. (laughs) Mm. Yeah.
0: That actually leads into another thing I was really interested to hear about. So as a teacher, you're sort of you're in front of a lot of people a lot. How does it feel? How has that interacted with your transition or your experience of yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, So I came out over that winter of 2020 to 2021, uh, first to my my family, or to my partner first, and then to my family. Um, Actually, I think I told my sister, Angela. First, and then I told my partner, uh, mm-hmm. and then I told the rest of, I told my mother and my brother, and yeah, the rest of my family, and then I I actually came out publicly uh, on the Trans Day of Visibility, um, March thirty uh, first. <laughs> I thought that was, I know, I thought that was a good, I thought that was good timing. <laughs> I send a message out at work. I sent a message out to my, my uh, department that I work in saying, I know that um, uh, you guys know me as John. I know you don't know this part about me and, and on Transgender Day of Visibility, I want to share with you that I am transgender. And then I signed it off. those I, I said a few more things and I signed it off with my name, Jennifer. And I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of positive uh, responses from people uh, congratulating me. Um, and up until that point, I had started to like. I was wearing a little bit of nail polish.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
1: starting to slowly kind of feel my way into like. How does this feel like Do what am I going to wear, you know, started to slightly change my clothing and like put on a a woman's shirt and more uh, jewelry. And I was just slowly kind of coming out of my shell. (laughs) And I got a couple of strange looks from uh, from some staff and faculty, a couple of weird, strange comments uh, like what's going on? But I kind of just shrugged it off, and once one of my students said to me, "Are you wearing nail polish?" And I was like, "Yes, I like it and And, and that was kind of awkward. I hadn't come out yet. and then after I came out, it was just like, "Okay, nail polish is on. <laughs> this is happening
0: <laughs> right. So many yeah. things are then available." Yeah. that it felt like unavailable before that it felt forbidden. I'm speaking yeah. for myself, yeah, but I, I didn't so
1: I didn't come out to my students. Um, I came out to the the faculty and staff mm-hmm. um but i I have a uh, a few students that worked for me that I interacted with more personally, and I did come out to them about a half dozen students. I told them, you know, I, I shared with them the message that I sent out to the other people. And then I sat, I had a conversation with them personally saying, you know, I'm going to be dressing differently. Things are going to change, you know. And they were all very supportive, very supportive. Uh, I didn't say anything to the broader student body, like my students in my classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did, you know, like uh, when you do presentations and you have a slide, like an open, I, ha- I have an opening slide at the at the beginning of every presentation. Mm-hmm. And after the day that I came out, I changed the name on the slide and I put a trans flag on it. <laughs> oh, and I highlighted, nice. I know, I highlighted the, the new name in red and I, had, I changed the pronouns because I had pronouns on there. And uh, the trans flag was in the shape of a heart, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And, and uh, one student definitely caught it. And she emailed me after the class. And she was like, It makes my queer heart so warm inside to know that, you know, one of my teachers is trans. <laughs> right. That was, uh, was really nice.
0: Well, so yeah, we're both in a position as more experienced women that there are a lot of younger people behind us. Do you feel like you have an effect on the lives of younger queer people?
1: I definitely do. I definitely do. And I think that uh, um, I've had several students express that to me. Uh, one I remember was a surprise to me. Uh, mm-hmm. There are all kind of surprises, but I was, in the, I was in the lab, because I do, I do research in a lab of biology, and I was just in the lab tinkering away at something, and a student walks in the lab, and I didn't recognize him. And he said to me, you're Dr. Gonzalez, right? And I said, I said yes, yes, I am. And he said, I am so-and-so's roommate, or I, I, I just graduated, and I'm so-and-so's roommate. And I said, oh, oh, she's, I love her. And he said, I I just want to thank you uh, for being visible. Mm. And uh, it meant so much to me.
0: (laughs) I didn't even know him. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Uh, And, yeah, it was really nice.
0: We have somehow managed to run out of time.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And.
0: So I wanted to ask you if there's anything else you wanted to talk about before we sign off. I actually, I think, I think
1: there is something, uh, something I think is important to 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 remark on. So one thing I think that is really important is that uh, transgender issues are very, very uh, controversial today in today's uh, society and in in politics. And I think that um, a lot of my understanding of this comes from, unfortunately, the media. I only know a few trans people in real life that I've even uh, that I've got that I've gotten to know, um, and so I'm like you, probably, are bombarded with the media telling you what uh, transgender means and what it is. And, um, uh, and the issues, uh, around it, like, uh, trans, uh, trans women in sports, yeah. um, trans men going into women's, um, bathrooms and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's a, and it's, it seems to me that society and politics are taking advantage of us a very small population of people that at least in my experience and in my personal experience, we just want to live our lives. You know, we just, I don't want to yes. hurt anybody. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get by, you know, I'm trying to find a uh, somebody to date <laughs> and pay my bills, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't help that. You know i was born this way and i am this way and i i wouldn't change it for anything i love Mm -hmm. who i am you know and and i think that there's a lot of people out there that are trans rights activists and that maybe there are some trans people that are pushing for big changes to account for a very small very small proportion of people like us and i think that i think we need to start pushing back a little bit against the trans rights activists
0: what kinds of things feel like too much to you well i'm concerned about
1: youth transition Mm. i'm very concerned about people in their early teens or even before their teens uh, receiving affirmative uh, therapies and i am i'm am very concerned about puberty blockers um i know enough about biology to, to say i don't think puberty blockers is, is a good idea <laughs> i i'm i'm i really don't i think that we're jumping the gun with, with, uh, with transitioning um, young people. And I know that that probably sounds harsh and there's a lot of people that probably would take offense to that,
0: mm.
1: but, but we trans people, my perspective, we have been around a lot longer than hormone therapy was even around. And yes, we never needed I think hormone therapy is very good. it's great. I love it for myself as a as a 43 year old <laughs> I think it's great uh, now I'm almost 45 um but if it wasn't there, if there was no hormone therapy, I would still be Jen I would still be transitioning um, and I think that, all of us can make it without medications. Uh, what we need is acceptance from society as who we are. Like being accepted as who we are without without uh, medication or without, any, uh, without feeling the need for it. I mean, it's great. Like I said, it's great that it's there. And as an adult, 43, 45-year-old adult, I'm comfortable taking it. Um, and I appreciate it. But I'm against, uh, I'm against youth transitioning. Um, I'm also really concerned about trans women in sports. Again, from the perspective of somebody who knows about biology, I know enough about biology to know that I would not feel comfortable competing against biological women, knowing what I can do physically I would never put myself up against a biological female, same height, same weight. I still wouldn't do it, um, and I don't think we should. I think that uh, until there are co-ed sports with sufficient attraction and draw for 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 people to uh, to support the trans community, um, I think we should. I think that's one of the sacrifices we have to make. Uh, that's my um, perspective. I think we need to leave women's sports to biological women and I'm, I'm I'm happy to go up against any man in any sport that I play which is not many but I'll compete against men I will before I compete against um, biological women so, I think uh, my my perspective is a little controversial uh, in terms of uh, what what the rhetoric that we hear uh, from trans rights activists and maybe even a lot of trans people. Um, But like, I think that we are so few. There's, we're what, 1% of the population? We should, I don't think we should be asking society and culture to change for us. Um, I don't think we need it. I think we just need to be accepted as who we are. We don't need to upend things. And that's perspective.
0: Yeah. Wow, there's so much there (laughs) that we could dig into it. Yes, and and it does seem controversial to me. But... Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciate you sharing your position and your feelings about these things. Um, because mm-hmm. especially since I feel like if you're part of a group and then that group demands that you have certain opinions, that yeah. then that that impinges on people being able to be themselves again.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So I I imagine among listeners. We're likely to have different opinions um, from different people on these things. And I appreciate you sharing that. And and Jen, I I appreciate you sharing so much today. You've been so generous with your experience and uh, sharing what life has been like for you. I, I so appreciate you having come on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Glenn, for even inviting me. It's very neat to do an interview. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to talk more. Um, if any if you or any of your listeners wants to have a follow-up conversation, I would love to. Uh, keep talking.
0: Great, All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you joined us. And I mean that. Our music is by the irresistibly lovable Don and Jen, and you can find us on the web at allthegenders.com and on Instagram at podcast.